All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Let's get more trades. I want more trades. The show's more fun when we have trades. Let's get into it with the lead. We do actually, we have a little bit of breaking news today to uh, start Oilers Nation every day. We'll get into that as well with the lead. Welcome into the show on a Wednesday, June 7th. Frank Saravalli stopping by. We are all loaded up. We are live from the Sports Closet Studio. I've had a lot of people DMing me about this. It's like a cool baseball sweater with like another layer underneath. Interesting Oilers letter mark. Got the Western Conference logo on the side. It's a neat hoodie. You can get that at sportscloset.ca. You can also get this cool Mitchell and Ness with the pink outline. Very sharp. All of that. Sportscloset.ca. Three locations in the Edmonton area. Uh, we are live on the Oilers Nation YouTube where the first comment of the day goes to our pal Mistaken Mexican. First, finally, how about those rumors of L.A. looking at Hellebuck or Soros? Brian Letwenick is in. Bring on silly season. And Derek says, I kind of want to see what they would have to give up to get one of those. He's talking about Hellebuck or Soros. Uh, interesting stuff coming out of L.A. The Kings are loading up. They're getting ready to make a run. They are a threat in the Pacific Division. And after making or being a part of a three-way deal yesterday, they made a signing today. Vlad Gavrikov getting a two-year contract for $5.875 million. That's the AAV. This is honestly a really solid deal for everyone involved. If you're Vlad Gavrikov, you're 27. Play for two years in LA. Get close to $12 million in your jeans, as I like to say. Two years, you're a 29-year-old UFA in 2025 or 2026 or whatever. And you're going to sit there and when the cap's up, maybe 10 more million bucks. You have two years of playing on a good LA team. You're going to get 
really paid in a couple of years. You could have taken a five or six year deal now, sure. But what, you would have gotten an extra million dollars a year on a five or six year deal? Maybe if that, probably not that. I think this is a great fit for uh, both sides. Yesterday, I kind of ripped the Gavrikov stuff because the reports were six to seven million dollars on a long term deal. That would have been brutal. But a two year deal, 5.8 million, you keep it under six. If you're LA and this goes horribly, you're out of it in two years. If not, valuable member of your team is contracts up when you got to re sign some young guys. It's a win. It's a win all around for the LA Kings. Uh, my pal, Liam Horbin, is here. Um, Liam, I ripped the Gavrikov thing yesterday. All the kids on TikTok were like, oh, fuck, an Oilers fan talking about a bad mm. deal for a defenseman. I swear we could put out anything. We could be sitting here and being like, ah, the Oilers should probably get rid of or maybe buy out Yamamoto. And the comments on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter would just be like, got to get rid of Nurse. Why aren't you talking about Nurse? You should talk about Darnell Nurse more. It drives me nuts. Anyways, Gavrikov deal, pretty good. But how does it affect Darnell Nurse? <laughs> yeah, the Gavrikov deal is uh, is good is a good one both ways. As an Oilers fan, I find it rather frightening what the LA Kings are trying to do now. They are they're stacking up. They're trying to push past the Oilers. So we'll see. But it's uh, things are looking pretty good for the Kings right now, especially if they can get one of those goaltenders as available. Yeah, uh, Brian is in and says he loves it. It's almost $6 million a year. They lost Walker, so same roster they lost with, and they lost a serviceable D-man. Yeah, Walker didn't play a ton, though. Um, he says, doesn't exactly scream improvement over this year's playoff run. But what you got to remember is they cleared up that cap space with the three-way deal to bring in Gavrikov. So now they can use the cap space they still have left to go out and get a goalie. Hellebuck, Soros. I don't think they want John Gibson. I think they can aim a little bit higher than that. Maybe the LA Kings want to get in the mix on one Carter Hart, who we are going to talk about in a little bit. But I actually think it's a really tidy piece of business to get Gavrikov extended, clear up that cap space without giving up a ton of major assets, and you still have $7.3 million that you can spend this summer. And I don't think they have that much. Like Gabe Velarde needs a deal. Kupari, Anderson, Dolan, McEwen, all pretty cheap. So you just got to get a goalie. I don't know. I think I like this move for LA. I like the direction they're heading. Rob Blake's having himself a good start to an offseason. Gavrikov's good. I'm not saying he's bad. I wouldn't have gone six by six and a half with him, but at two and under six mil, that's a good deal. Are you surprised Corpusalo just isn't in the conversation for them? He can't, he had a very good season last year. Like I'm mm. not sure why he's not being spoken about enough with them. I understand obviously Saros and Hallebuck are big upgrades, but yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just seems interesting the way he came in and did so well for them. I, th- I don't think he's out of the conversation at all. And he would certainly be a cheaper option assets wise, cap it wise than going with those other guys. But I think if, if you're Rob Blake, you're probably doing a bit of a disservice to, to things and the rebuilding process. If you don't explore the other big name options, like is Corpus Allo capable of giving you a really solid string of starts? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Connor Hellebuck, he's not Corpus Allo's not giving you Vesna quality. Hellebuck gives you Vesna quality. Saros gives you Vesna quality. Carter Hart has the ability to be your guy in Hollywood for the next decade. So I think you need to look at those guys just because this is a summer where there's so many big names potentially available between the pipes, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. Yeah, that all makes sense. Uh, Ryan says, do we flip CC for Sean Walker? I You'd save a bit no. of money and you'd be out of the contract earlier, but I'm not sure if that's an upgrade at all. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, Let's talk about some of the other sides of that deal. Uh, Obviously, people want to know, and we'll get Frank's opinion on this too. Carter Hart, Carter Hart, Carter Hart. He's the next big name that's going out of Philly. 
I this is a prime example of how you need to observe and take in information during silly season. If a couple of people with 10,000 or less followers on Twitter throw out there, keep an eye on Carter Hart to the Oilers, you need to think about it a little bit more, right? Like Tom Gazzola threw cold water on it. If Tom Gazzola saying it, I buy it. That's a guy who's established in the market, has connections in Edmonton, breaks a lot of news, says a lot of really good stuff. Some random dude from Philly saying, and not random, some media person from Philly saying, Oilers interested in Carter Hart? Keep an eye on Edmonton? What do they know? And I don't mean that to be like an asshole or be condescending, but you know what I'm saying, Liam, right? Like anyone can say whatever they want on Twitter with no consequences. You need to make sure these rumors are coming from legitimate sources before you start getting your hopes up about Carter Hart. Because as we outlined yesterday, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful what you see out there. There's, there's a few guys, right? Obviously, Frank uh, Freeman, those kind of gentlemen doing the jobs they do. And for the Carter Hart to Edmonton, though, I mean, boy, wouldn't that be an experience to have Carter Hart and Stuart Skinner between the pipes? Two guys who literally battled it out their entire careers from. Edmonton minor hockey to the WHL to now the NHL. That would be kind of wild, yeah. but it would just be, it takes a lot, right? Like Campbell would obviously have to be in the deal. You probably would Broberg Borgo, I would assume someone like that. And then another pick as well. I'm not saying it's not worth it if that's, if that's what it all is, but I just don't see Ken Holland wanting to move on from Jack Campbell. If that was the deal and Campbell have to be involved, I would 100% do it and deal with the consequences of a possible free agencies, not free agents, not wanting to come. But I just don't see Carter Hart being a, a viable option for this team with the assets they have. Yeah. Um, we were talking before we went live and then producer Aaron told us to shut up and save it for the show. Very nice of him. <laughs> um, we were talking about, or you said is an Ekholm deal a comparable, right? It was the first mm. high end pro or high prospect in Reed Schaefer and a contract in Barry, and then a fourth round pick to get the money retained. The difference is Barry has value. Campbell has negative value. So there's a gap there. I think the framework, you know, you're talking two assets. Campbell's got to be in it to, to even let it happen. And then you need to pay them to take Campbell. And that's where I kind of go, listen, this isn't happening. If it was a first Broberg and Campbell for Carter Hart, sign me up all day. It's not going to be that. It would be a first, Broberg, Jack Campbell, a first to get Campbell off the books, probably a little bit more than that because he's got four more years at five million bucks. You know what I mean? Like it would just be astronomical for the Oilers to give up that amount of assets. And I just don't see them being in the market to do that. I think there is a 99% chance it's Skinner and Campbell next season. It, it just is. Would you move Skinner for Hart? I guess that's the other flip side of it, isn't it? So my response to that would be, why would Philly do that? If you're heading into a rebuild, mm. why do you want a young goalie? Just keep your young goalie then. Unless you're yeah, doing Skinner fair. and unless it's Skinner and two firsts or Skinner, Broberg and a first, right? Then it's like, okay, but then you're going to have what? $9 million committed to goaltending next season and Carter Hart needs an extension next summer. Eh. Yeah, it gets a little tricky after this year, I suppose. I guess that's another layer to it is the others would yeah. have to sign him to something likely an eight-year deal the year after. I think the more likely one, and Brian just threw a mock trade in there for connecting. That's the guy from Philly you're eyeing up. You're getting, moving out Yamo. You're taking, finding a taker for Fogel. 
You have the cap space to maybe get Konechny. The only thing is at that point, you're probably like forced to some extent to walk away from Klim Costin, replace him with a league min guy. Like you can't have any other good, you can't have any other forwards outside of like McLeod brought back for over one and a half if you're going to go get Konechny or you somehow convince the Flyers to retain on that, which would be something. Um, but I think that is way more likely that you see a Travis Konechny trade than a Jack Campbell deal. Uh, let's get into our short for giant offseason question for today because we are about five minutes away from Frank Saravalli joining us on the show. And I wanted to talk about this one yesterday. I'm going to have an article with a few more in-depth notes on this, kind of an offseason preview for every Canadian team. But your short for giant offseason question for the day. What is or which Canadian team is going to be the most active this summer and which Canadian team is going to make the biggest splash this summer? Liam, what are your answer to those questions? I think the I think the answer is Winnipeg, right? Almost every single player on that team. I so what, sorry? On both fronts, like most active and the biggest individual trade? Yeah, I think so. They have they have the biggest players on the market available. Connor Hellebuck obviously being one. Shifley looks like he's on the block a little bit too. Blake Wheeler, Pierre Duke Dubois. It just feels like it's open season for besides guys like Kyle Connor and Josh Morrissey, to be honest. So I think Winnipeg just hits the spot there. All the other teams like kind of kind of know who they are, have a bit more identity to them, I guess you could say. But Winnipeg seemed to want to find something new. Yep, I think uh, you're bang on with who will be the most active, and it is Winnipeg. If they get ownership to, if Sheveldelf can get ownership to go, hey, we can retain, you can retain money on Wheeler and Shifley for this season. I give you permission to still be at the cap, even though we won't be very good. Blake Wheeler at four million bucks gets you in a, a very good asset. Mark Shifley at three million dollars, you are getting a couple of great looking assets. Mm-hmm. Connor Hellebuck moved out the door is going to get you a haul regardless. Pierre Luc Dubois is going to get you a haul regardless. But you're looking at four pieces where you're bringing in significant <clears throat> future assets, and that's the play for the Jets. Is just do what the LA Kings did, punt for two years, and then you're going to turn this thing around. You're going to be back in the playoff picture in a few seasons. You know. The only shame will be in two seasons. They'll probably be sitting there going, damn, we need to get a legitimate goalie from somewhere. But regardless, I think the Jets will be the most active. As for who makes the biggest individual trade out of all the Canadian teams, there's a few contenders. Winnipeg with Hellebuck mm-hmm. is one. Ottawa with Alex Debrinkit is number two because I'm really intrigued to see how they're going to handle this deal. A year ago, they gave up a first, a second, and a third for him. Are you looking to just get those picks back? Because I think you can or get close to it. Or are you looking for warm bodies? Are you looking for guys you can slot in? That's why we had the Debrinkat to Carolina for Pesci in a first, right? Get a guy on the blue line, get a first round pick recouped, boom. You can kind of go from there. Maybe even you move the first round pick. But Debrinkat's a contender. Hellebuck's a contender. If Toronto can't get common ground on an extension for Nylander, then he's in the mix for the biggest trade. But I consider that one unlikely. I really do think they're going to run it back. And number four would be the Canucks and JT Miller, Liam. And that's something I want to ask Frank about because I'm very torn on what JT Miller's value is. This is a guy who scores a lot of points. Mm -hmm. He's had some good seasons in the past, you know. But we know that things aren't exactly great in that Canucks locker room. He was over a point a game last year, 82 points in 81 games. He would get you a really good haul, I think, or or our team scared of that eight-year deal. Yeah, I mean, he is very intriguing, isn't it? Like him being on the block after signing that contract is something you very, very rarely see. So 
I don't know. Like I, I feel like JT Miller, like you said, is a is a very very good hockey player. Do is the Penguins locker room strong enough? I would say yes. Out of all the teams in the NHL, it's probably one that yeah. he could go into and not disrupt it too much with the call that they've had there. Mm-hmm. I think it could work in Pittsburgh if they were to move him there. But yeah, well, what is the value? Because you're kind of in a weird spot. We haven't seen this before. It is. And so the reason they'd have to move him quick is because his no movement clause kicks in on July 1. So if you mm-hmm. want to avoid that wrinkle, you kind of got to get going here in the next three weeks. So, um, yeah, there you go. That That's my answer. I think the biggest individual trade is a toss-up between Hellebuck, Miller, Debrinkat, possibly William Nylander, although I highly, highly doubt it. Um I, I want to save the AMA travel trade machine for after because I want to get Frank's thoughts on the value first before we do that. Because again, like I just I don't know. Like, yeah, if a hundred point score is getting dealt and he had 99 two years ago, then I'm sitting there going, he should get to a haul. But I just really do wonder about the contract. Uh, there you go. There's our question. Sherwood Ford, giant offseason question. Sherwood Ford the Giant, they are making a donation to the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation for every test drive taken in the month of June. That's a, that's a great little deal. Everybody wins. You get to test drive a new car and boom, the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation gets a donation from our friends at Sherwood Ford. The Giant, the question was, biggest possible trade you can see a Canadian team make and who is going to... Ooh, Liam, we have a trade? No, I was just saying that's why he's not here yet. Oh, you're just <laughs> speculating in our group chat as I adjust my knee, which is sore. Um, you're just saying in our group chat that you think Frank's breaking a deal. That's why he's not in yet. Yeah, I think that's, I think we're going to get something live from Frank. Probably caught a heart to the Oilers. Uh-oh, there he is. <laughs> I highly doubt that's the reason he was exactly one minute late for his hit with <laughs> us today. Uh, Frank Cervalli's appearances on the show. Always brought to you by Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. You can find them at starmechanical.ca. Now we get to the number one insider in the NHL game, and you can find him at dailyfaceoff.com. Frank Cervalli hopping in the show. Frank, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good, Tyler. How are you? I'm great. Uh, we got something juicy to chew on from yesterday in the NHL, a three-way deal between the Flyers, Blue Jackets, and LA Kings. And in the moment yesterday when we were kind of reacting live on the show, I was just really confused because there were so many parts going around. After having a day to kind of look back on it, I go, I think this is a win for Philly. I think this is a win for Columbus. I think this is a clear win for LA as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It is a win-win-win, but I also think it's of varying degrees. I understand what the Flyers were trying to do. I also just, this is an unpopular take. I don't think the Flyers got nearly enough for a guy that is a top pair defenseman in this league that really a couple years ago was trending towards being a number one. I think that's one of the real failures of NHL front offices is to properly evaluate players, specifically defensemen, on really bad teams because you see the play of everyone else drag down that player and all of a sudden he's viewed as someone who's not very good. I'll give you a recent example. No one really saw this 74-point season coming, but think about how low Brandon Montour's value was with the Buffalo Sabres before going to Florida. This is a guy that was a really sought-after defenseman who could skate like the wind in Anaheim all of a sudden ends up in Buffalo and people say he doesn't know how to play anymore and goes to Florida and takes off. And so I look at Ivan Provorov and I say a first and two seconds essentially is the meat of your return. And you take on a pile of really bad contracts in Cal Peterson and, and uh, Sean Walker that I think has you know it, it nixes the return for the Flyers because you consider where they were at they have cap space and they're beginning this rebuild and they can harness that to gain additional assets. They didn't one one part of this equation is out of whack. Either they didn't get enough to take on the bad contracts from LA or they didn't get enough for Ivan Provorov. But when you smash this three part three way deal together, I think the whole thing kind of leaves me wanting more because especially since it's the same pick from the Gavrikov trade, you can essentially say that the, the Columbus Blue Jackets paid just as much for Ivan Provorov as they got from LA for Vladislav Gavrikov. And personally, I don't think Gavrikov and Provorov are in the same ballpark. Then what do you make of the Vlad Gavrikov uh, extension that we got here? Two years, $5.8 million. I like it from his perspective because he's going to be a UFA again at 29 years old and can cash in on a big ticket when the cap goes up. And from LA's perspective, two-year deal under six mil seems solid to me as well. Yeah, I think they paid a premium in AAV to keep uh, that term low. I don't know if you saw last week or two weeks ago, we put out our top, when we put out our top 50, we had those projections attached. And as soon as I saw this contract, I went back to that and said, oh, the projection was five years times 4.9 million. You can see how the Kings sort of were like, okay, we don't want to pay five years, but we want this player. And, you know, they bumped him up to 5.875. The structure is interesting because the large percentage the vast percentage of this deal aside from the league minimum is is in signing bonus so he gets two really big signing bonus checks in a time when the escrow cap is pretty low so there's a lot of cost certainty for Vladislav Gavrikov and for the Kings to your point they get this player locked up that they desperately needed help on the left side of their blue line 
They have a log jam on the right side. Gavrikov came in and played really well and produced points for this Kings team, which has sort of been a rarity for him in his career. He's not a big offensive point producer, and he played pretty well. And the record with him in the lineup in the regular season was ridiculous. Yeah. An interesting fit there. Uh, Oilers fans are all buzzing with the idea that, oh, Carter Hart could be on the trading block in Philly is one of the next pieces available. I think the piece in Philly Edmonton should be going after is Travis Konechny. Um, But what do you make of the Carter Hart rumors coming out of Philly? And listen, I think I know your answer, but I'll ask you anyways. Is Edmonton going to be sniffing around that at all? I don't have any indication or sense that the Oilers are in on the goalie market at all. I think they're contractually stuck with the pieces that they have in Campbell and to a lesser extent Skinner. Um, Carter Hart's available, but the price I think is going to be pretty significant. The Flyers are listening. My understanding is nothing is imminent. And when it comes to Travis Konechny, I think the same rule applies. Everyone on the Flyers is up for grabs with the exception of Cutter Gauthier. He's the one untouchable in the organization. And then the next most expensive player who is available would be Travis Konechny coming off of the season that he had. Um, he's He had a great year. He's uh, a little uh, ball of fire. Uh, and when he's engaged, he's up there among, you know, the, some of the most impactful players in the league in terms of the ability to really make a dent on the game. So, um, He's someone that I think would be of of high demand, and that contract is really valuable as well. A couple more seasons at five and a half million bucks. This is the beginning of the teardown for the Flyers. They're going to rebuild. I don't know if they're going full scorched earth like the Chicago Blackhawks did. I think it's going to be something close to that, though, that it's a race to the bottom. How quickly can they get there? And that Provorov trade, to me, was an indication that, yeah, it's important to get that 22nd overall pick. But it's also important to move on and to begin tearing this down. I want to get your thoughts on our Sherwood Ford giant offseason question for the day. It was a two-parter, but part one was, which Canadian team is going to be the busiest this summer? I think we all kind of agree it's going to be the Winnipeg Jets. So my next part would be, who would be number two on your list if it's the Jets at number one? I would say the Vancouver Canucks. Um I, I think being over the cap, they have a lot of work to do, and I think they'd like to improve. And I also think that they're looking at some young players that they can target around the league that either had some pedigree or might not necessarily fit within their own current organizational structure that they can take a chance on. They're trying desperately to move Connor Garland. Um, that's that's a salary cap casualty. Um, I think they'd like to help their back end in a significant way. So there's a lot of work for them to do for a team that's over the cap. And they, instead of shedding salary over the last six months, they've taken more on after the Bo Horvat trade. So um, I'd expect the Canucks to be pretty aggressive. What about JT Miller? He's obviously on your trade targets list. I have a tough time like trying to get a ballpark of what the value of this guy might be if the Canucks move him before his no movement clause kicks in. Like, are we looking at multiple high-end assets? Are we looking at, you know, a couple of good pieces and another salary from another team? What's your best guess on the kind of haul the Canucks could get for JT Miller? So I think it's it's not a haul. I think because of the term and and the contract, you know, the fact that they were entertained or or 
willing to be entertained by the Pittsburgh Penguins in the neighborhood of two first round picks. That was the only team I think, and that was under a different regime at a different time that was also sort of shut down by Fenway sports group, their owners that they're not going to get anywhere close to that. I don't think because the conversation goes something like this. If JT Miller in this poor or weak free agent class was available would you sign him to the contract that the Canucks have signed him? And if the answer is yes, and you're willing to commit that term and dollars to a player of that age, then the next question is, okay, so let's say we are willing to do that. Are we willing to pay a premium on top to do that, given the structure of the deal and the lack of flexibility that it has with that no trade clause that kicks in on July 1? So The answer is someone is probably willing somewhere to pay it, but are they going to pay a premium on top of it with future assets and or players to then acquire the player? And I'm not convinced that the line is long of teams that are willing to do that. So it may be, I don't know, if you're lucky, you're maybe looking at a first round pick or a player who was recently a first round pick, a first round pick equivalent, something like that. And the Canucks would have to properly value the idea of getting JT Miller and that commitment off of their books. The problem for the Canucks is that they're trying to do this at the exact moment in time that they're trying to reboot into being a playoff team next season. So if you're doing that and and trying to serve all of these masters at once, I kind of view JT Miller as a break glass in case of emergency type trade, where if you can't clear cap space through Garland or through one of the other players on your team, Brock Besser, that you'd then go down the Miller path to to do that um, before the season starts. But again, you lose that flexibility on July 1. They're kind of in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, Before we let you go, I want to throw some Oilers things your way. Um, If you were ranking the seven Canadian teams based on how busy they're going to be this summer, would Edmonton be dead last on that list? Um, or would it be Montreal? No, I, it's it's kind of a toss up between like once you get past um, the Jets at one, and then you get past the Canucks maybe at two. From three to seven, it's a it's an actual coin flip because I think Brad Tree Living would like to put his stamp on the Leafs. I think Craig Conroy is has some things up his sleeve with the Flames and some decisions to make with some of their guys who are going to be free agents in one year from now. Um, Then you think about the potential ownership change and who might be running the Ottawa Senators. How aggressive will they be to ensure that they're in the playoffs of the first year of what's going on there? And I think the Canadians, you know, it, it might not be sexy, but they have just, I think what they've done there has been incredibly smart. They've piled up a series of like 10 to 12 small wins that I think are going to amount into big things later on. And you just keep chipping away, making smart decision after smart decision with their roster. Their forward group's pretty good. Their defense needs a lot of work, and they have to figure out their goaltending situation for the future. So I think the Habs want to move a couple contracts as well. They don't want to attach anything to do it, but they're essentially willing to give a couple players away for free, like uh, Mike Hoffman, for instance, or some others that are in their organization that they want to kind of shake it up a little bit. So I I definitely wouldn't say that they're last, but I don't know who I would put last if I were to say not them. 
We heard Gary Bettman over the weekend talk about the salary cap potentially, or like he said, he's, it's going up one mil and then we'll do whatever next summer. Um, we had been specular, you had been speculating for a while about the PA negotiation, and there's still a chance of that, as you've been saying on the rundown in DFO Live. But if the cap only goes up one million, the Oilers are really in trouble. Like that could dra- that extra $2 million little bit of wiggle room, that could drastically change their summer plans, no? Yeah, I think there's a bunch of teams, Tyler, that are sweating this announcement when it comes most likely to be June 26th, the day of the GM meetings in Nashville. Um, This is a significant moment for a lot of teams that um, are right up against it that need as much wiggle room and breathing room as possible. The Oilers are just one of them. There's probably a real handful. Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, uh, all these other teams that uh, have spent a lot and pre-pandemic spent a lot because they were budgeting on it going up in a significant way that it hasn't. And no one can really afford a fourth consecutive season of a flat or frozen cap. So I'm still hopeful or optimistic. And I think what Gary Bettman, the commissioner, said over the weekend was really just a negotiating tactic because I know that it was on the table two weeks ago when they met that they were talking about the potentiality of a $3 million increase. It's just going to take some negotiating. Maybe it doesn't get there. Maybe the PA doesn't want to budge. That's within their right to do so. But what they also have to weigh is that it also could potentially mean more money for their players and more players if they decide to go down that path and give something up. Yeah. That'll be uh, that'll be one of the many interesting things to watch here over the next couple of weeks. We're a little bit under or we're about three weeks away from the NHL draft in Nashville, which will be a lot of fun. We'll be doing a ton of live content there for our friends at AMA Travel and Betway. So lots of your Remchuk and Sarah Volley coming up in the next three weeks. Thanks for hopping on today, Frank. See you, Tyler. There you go. Frank Saravalli, as always, for Star Mechanical. Find them online, starmechanical.ca. Liam, let's get to the AMA Travel trade board for today. The trade machine, I should say. That's what we call it. The AMA Travel Trade Machine. We heard Frank kind of give us you know, a rough outline of the value here on maybe a GT Miller. So I want to put that through the AMA Travel Trade Machine. And this is what we got. JT Miller does indeed go to the Pittsburgh Penguins. The new regime, Kyle Dubas, wants to give that top six in Pittsburgh a little bit of life, a little bit more zip, pizzazz. So he goes and gets JT Miller, who's signed for the next seven years at $8 million. In return... The Canucks are getting a first-round pick this year. Maybe it would be a first-round pick next year, just to lessen the value a hair. They get Marcus Pedersen on their blue line at two more years, $4 million bucks. Helps offset the salary a bit for Pittsburgh. Gives Vancouver a guy to help freshen up their blue line right now. And then Sam Poulin is a prospect, former first-rounder, but a guy who probably needs a little bit of a change of scenery. Only scored four goals in 15 American Hockey League games last season. Uh, listen, Frank kind of said a first-rounder or an equivalent is, is the ask. I think Pedersen and Poulin up it a little bit for Vancouver while making the salary work. Maybe this allows Pittsburgh with the money they shave with Peterson going out the door. Maybe they can go sign a guy like a Damon Severson to upgrade their blue line a bit. Uh, What do you think of the value here? Liam, who says no? I can't hear. I had myself myself muted. Classic. Classically. Um, It kind of makes sense. Kind of both ways, I think. Pittsburgh gets stronger offensively with an established player. Are they really going to need pool in at all? You know, so I don't know. If anyone says no, maybe... 
I don't think either team says no, if I'm being honest. I think it kind of balances out pretty well. The money going back with Pedersen, Vancouver get an actual NHL player in return in Pedersen as well. I'm just trying to think of what the Bo Horvat trade was. What was it? First, Bo Villier and uh, Ratu, Ratti, Atu Ratti, I think. So similar. Yeah, like I don't think it's an insane thing at all. Uh, A lot of people are saying, Chell says it's a good deal. So Big says Canucks say no. Um, Steven says it seems dry for Vancouver. They're going for the playoffs and get nothing back. They get $4 million in cap space, a 22 year old, former first round pick and another first round pick that they could potentially move to get an asset. Remember their goal is to drop cap space. So I think they could also then probably look at their blue line. If you added Pedersen to that group, Hughes, Ekman, Larson, they're locked. Philip Peronic is there. He's probably locked in, but like, Maybe if you brought in Pedersen, you could find a taker for Tyler Myers, right? And swap their spots a little bit. I know they play the opposite sides, but you add Pedersen in. If you could drop Myers, that's another chunk of money you're saving. You could come out of this with an extra asset. Myers gone. Still have a, you know, not brutal top four, in my opinion. And you've saved enough money where you can add something to your forward group as well. I don't know. It's tough. If they want to get out from Miller, they have like three weeks to do it because then he's got a no movement clause and it might not work. So um, D White says, no way Vancouver does that trade. They snubbed their captain for Miller. Yeah. Uh, someone's talking smack about Frank. Never talk smack about Frank. Um, I think that's about everything. There you go. Trade machine for amatravel.ca. I used them yesterday to book a couple of things. I'm doing a trip in September where I'm flying to Toronto, driving to Buffalo again, watching the Bills home opener. So I used AMA Travel to do the hotels in both of those spots and get my rental car. Boom, three things all in one spot. That's what you get with AMA Travel and amatravel.ca. A UFC player card for today. Brought to you by UFC 289. Didn't do one yesterday because we ran out of time. It was so busy. UFC 289 coming up this Saturday from Vancouver or Live on pay-per-view, six Canadians on the card, and it's headlined by Nunez and Aldana in the women's division. So January 10th, UFC 289. We are on, Liam. Tyler Yamamoto is our player card today. Sorry, I had a mind blank there. And this will be an interesting one. 10 goals in 58 games. Works out to what, a 14-goal pace or something? 15-goal pace. Spends most of his time with McDavid or Dreisaitl. That's not a great pace at all. He had a rough regular season. A lot of it was injuries. He didn't come close to producing what the team needed for 3 million bucks. Yes, he's good in the room. Yes, the effort's always there with Yamamoto, but he did not score enough. And for that reason, I give his regular season grade, it's C minus for me. And he also didn't produce in the playoffs and really wasn't much of a factor in the playoffs either. So for that reason, Liam, I give his playoffs an even worse grade at D+. He scored once in 12 games in 34 career playoff games for the Oilers. He only has three goals. They need a lot more from Kyler Yamamoto. They needed a lot more from Kyler Yamamoto because I have his chance of returning all the way down at 10%. I think there's like a 70, 60% chance they trade him, 60, 70% chance. 20, 30% chance he's bought out, 10% chance they move Fogo, move CC, and run back Yamamoto. But I just really don't see how that could happen. I'm going to miss the guy. I loved him as an Edmonton Oiler. It will be a bit of a sad day when he's moved. But unfortunately, Kyler Yamamoto, I think, is going to be a cap casualty. Do you disagree with any of my grades? 
No, I don't think so. Unfortunately, the grades obviously are not good and are in favor of Yamamoto. But I was thinking, like, ah, maybe you could elevate the D because he had that big goal. But really, it's probably just elevated from an F, so it kind of balances out a little bit. Um, for a guy that played most of the season in the top six and majority of the playoffs for the most part too in that same spot to want to get 10 goals is disappointing um obviously injuries it's hard to criticize him too heavily because we know those injuries impacted him so much but other guys come back from injuries too and you just need a little bit more from him especially on the contract the chance of returning i would agree at 10 percent too it just seems like he's already out the door yeah, I think so. A lot of you saying D, C minus, C. The grades are all not great for Kyler Yamamoto. Chance of returning 10%. I think it's hard to argue with that as well. So, uh, yeah. We may have seen the last of Kyler Yamamoto, which is always a shame when a first-round pick doesn't work out for the team that drafts him. Uh, Dangerous Wade says, you should do player grades for each other and all the guests we've had on during the year. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have things that'll be like information personality and internet and we would receive <laughs> failing grades on maybe a couple of those liam anyways uh let's take a look at what you're saying in the chat there is who was it um people are talking about alex to so big said kane mcdavid to mm. all day he's got like a nine million dollar qo we're talking about how the Edmonton Oilers don't have the money to afford a long-term deal for Bouchard. They might not be able to give Bouchard more than like $3.25 million in the next year. How are they going to give Alex Dabrink at nine? Even if it's a long-term deal, how are they going to get Alex Dabrink at eight, seven, six? They can't afford a $4 million winger. How are they supposed to? Mm -hmm. No, come on now. Damn. Get me all fired that up. That would be... Uh awesome to say the least but how does that happen also i saw some people being like oilers don't need another small forward the difference between alex de and other small forwards is the fact alex de can score 40 goals in this league a lot of yeah. those can't right so it's a big difference between them but the Oilers would have to do so much to make that work and it would be extremely difficult you'd blow up most of the team like just seems like something that's never ever going to happen uh, Chell Iverson is in and says, trade Nuge. Boom. Done. Come on. We're better than that. Can I no Nuge, that? no yes. nurse trades. We're better than that. There oh, that's just you. You're <laughs> moving your camera close to your face I just, there. I just have to pick it up. <laughs> I have a new rule. If you comment and trade Nuge or trade nurse stuff, you get put in the timeout on our YouTube. And then you can't comment for like four minutes, I think. So, Chell Iverson, you're in timeout. Mm. There you go. Take that. Yeah. Let that sink in. How's that feel? Uh, player cards brought to you by UFC 289. Liam, you getting fired up for this weekend in the big tilt? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an exciting one. I'm uh, trying to figure out my plans, what I'm going to do, but I will, I will be dialed into the event, that is for sure. Who's saying we should go after Carl? Someone said nurse Carl. for Debrinket. That makes no sense. We should go None after who? 
Uh, Eric Carlson. I don't even know who's bringing that up. They're not going after Eric Carlson. They're not going after Carter Hart. They're not going after Alex Debrinkat. And you can't just say, well, trade Yamamoto. Then you got the cap space. You need to trade Kyler Yamamoto to re-sign Ryan McLeod and Klim Costin. And then you need to use your money to sign Evan Bouchard. And then if you're lucky, you could have $1.25 million to throw at Klim Costin. Like, we're at the point where the Oilers might not be able to afford Klim Costin. Never mind, like, going out and getting Alex Dabrinka. Come on now, everybody. Uh, Wise Kyle says, do the same for no Jack Campbell trades. I mean, yeah, like, if you think they're trading Jack Campbell, you're out to lunch. No team is just waiting. I saw someone in our TikTok comments, which are, boy, if you thought Twitter replies and Facebook comments were a bad spot, the comments on our TikToks are just they are unhinged. Someone was like, oh, easiest trade for Carter Hart. Campbell, CC, Yamamoto in a second. How does that, yep. how do you even like, you know, what are we doing? The, the youth, Tyler, the youth, they don't know what they're, they don't know how to do this anymore. They just sit at home all summer, play the little video games, GM mode, and get all these trades th- go through. And they think that's the world we live in. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> Uh, Fighting Omer says the NHL needs a luxury tax, not a hard cap. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, way better system, especially for a team with a rich owner like the Edmonton Oilers, a rich owner who wants to win. Just It's never going to happen, man. They've negotiated too, too many CBAs with the hard cap. Um, so, yeah, no, that is uh, that is not happening. Uh, let's wrap up the show with our other sports report. For Betway 19+, plus. please play responsibly. Kevin Gosman over seven and a half strikeouts is plus money, and it is cashing consistently. This dude might win the Cy Young this year for the Toronto Blue Jays. I love Kevin Gosman. I wish I could. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, anyways, I'm still you back in Blue Jays. Did you also Google what the Florida Complex League was yesterday, or is that just me? No, I, I did look into that. I mean, they're not sending Alec Manoa down to uh, to start games and get experience against batters. They're sending him down there to fully reset. It might take six to eight weeks. He's going to fully reset and come back later in the season. Um, yeah. Kevin Gosman's good, though. We're going to talk positive. Uh, Jay's taking on the Astros again. Game three of a four-game set for Toronto at the Dome. They have an air quality thing, so the Dome's closed. Chris Bassett making the start. He's had a great run as of late for the Jays. They are minus 150 favorites, though, on Betway, so you might need to take them on the run line on back-to-back nights. NBA Finals game three tonight, Liam. Who you got? I am going to go with the Denver Nuggets, and I will go... The Joker uh, prop, which is like points, assists, rebounds. I can't remember what it's at at the moment, but it's whatever it is. Isn't it like going to hit it. one and a half? Yeah, it's like it's, it's automatic. He is he is the best player in the NBA. Nuggets at minus one fifty on the money line, minus three and a half on the spread. I actually do kind of like my or uh, the mm. Nuggets tonight. I've been a Heat guy this whole run, but I, I think I'm going with the Nuggets. Um, they got a couple of really cool pre-built bets as well for uh, the NBA that I think are worth a little bit of a sprinkle. Jokic, Butler, and Jamal Murray to combine for 85 or more points. That'd be interesting. It's plus 120, so you're getting a bit of juice on it. Not bad. Not bad. 
Not bad. Yeah, I like strolling through the, these pre-built bets here. I'm excited. I've been really dialed into these NBA playoffs. Um, I'm not going to get to watch the whole thing tonight because I have a rec league sports doubleheader. Speaking of rec league sports doubleheader, look who I went and watched yesterday playing a little men's league soccer. <laughs> this was one of the most intense games I've seen in a while. I was supposed to be watching my girlfriend who happened to play on the field right next to you. Like total coincidence. I had no idea you were playing soccer at that field at that exact time. Never mind that complex has 13 fields on it. Mm-hmm. And you just happened to be at the one right next to where my girlfriend was playing. So, of course, naturally, my attention was drawn to your game. You're up 2-0, Liam. You guys got to fire the coach. You can't be blowing 2-0 leads. Yeah, as you can see, Aaron, if we can flash the picture back up quickly. You can see here all these people in red on the sideline. That is their subs. See this empty bench on the left? That's my subs. We had 11 players. They had an absolute army. Also, you can't see it in the picture, and I forgot to mention this before. They had a barber on the bench. There was somebody at halftime shaving these guys' beards. They had, like, the whole, like, thing on, and he's just there with his little little blade shaving beards. It was incredible stuff. But, yes, we we blew a two-goal lead and and tied 2-2. But uh, I was feeling athletic, to say the least. Uh, my player card for you in the moments of your game I watched. Uh, you're a steady defenseman, almost Vlad Gavrikov-esque. You have good throw-ins. You can you can chuck that ball, man. And you had a couple of really nice kicks as well. A couple of nice plays. Uh, yeah, you're the, you're your team's Brett Kulak. Uh, yeah, you could say that. I can spark a little offense. I had an assist in that game actually from from playing defense. Just a big. Hoof up the field, got it right over the defender and, and tucked it in behind. It was uh it was good. I am feeling tender today, though, to say the least. Uh Chell Iverson was out of his timeout in the chat and he says there's no such thing as bad press, boys. Keep it real. I love that. <laughs> um it was it was a question, not a statement. He says, ah, no. Um, all right, there you go. Yes. Liam, rec league machine on the back end. Could Liam replace Cody CC on the blue line? We'll have that answer and more coming up later in the week. You never know. Uh, tomorrow on the show, I don't know what we're doing. I might, We might kick off. We've been teasing our Pacific Division previews for a while. We might kick those off. I don't know. Um, Friday, it's also just Liam and Jay, I think, on the show because I'm out of here. I'm taking Friday off. Um, so there you go. That's what's coming up the rest of the week on Oilers Nation every day. As always, live from the Sports Closet Studio. Shout out to Betway, AMA Travel, UFC 289 coming up this Saturday. Star Mechanical, the number one plumbing and heating company in Edmonton and Sherwood Ford, who's ordered a bunch of charity golf tournaments this month as well. They got another one coming up tomorrow. It's the, oh, you'll love this name, Liam. The Cha-Cha Charity Golf Tournament held by IBEW Local 424 Union on June 8th. Boom, hole-in-one prizes to win a new Ford. I love when they're out and about Sherwood Ford. The giant, the best. Uh, Liam, you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, my good sir. Everyone in the chat, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And we'll be back tomorrow at noon mountain time.